Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host, Zoe Forsey, and we've got lots to talk about this week. We've got the last of the details, I think, for the Jubilee plans, which all sound great. We had Prince Louis's birthday, so new photos. And Russ has another update for us on the Sussexes and when we might be likely to see them again. So, hi, Russell. How are you? I'm very well. Good. Well, I was about to say good morning. It's good afternoon. It is good afternoon. afternoon. We're actually recording on time for, I think, the first time in about a month (laughs) is the time we normally do. And I think Dan doesn't really know what to do. He looks a bit lost, don't we? Well, he was was about to be angry with us because we nearly balls it up just just at the start with me interjecting (laughs) once again. So I'll I'll try and be as concise as possible. I can't can't promise. I was going to say, an error during the opening music, I think, has to be our PB. But, you know, professional as ever, professional as ever. Now, before I start chatting about this week's stuff, I just want to let you know that I actually sat down this week with Scott Wells, uh, the OK Fashion Editor, because we had loads of great feedback from listeners about the fashion special we did on Kate. So what we've done is we've done another bonus episode for you, which will drop at the weekend, looking at Megan's wardrobe. So stuff from the Invictus Games and some of the other looks we've had. So make, uh, make sure you keep an eye out for that at the weekend. But more excitingly... In the next couple of days, this is the last of the Jubilee. We obviously knew other bits that are coming up, but we've now, this is the kind of final, the final day and the final big celebration that we've now got the details of, haven't we? Well, we, we yeah, I suppose you're right, actually. I still, we still don't know exactly what's going to be happening at the service of Thanksgiving, I suppose, on the Friday. However, this is the big um this is the fun the big bit. extravaganza yeah, yeah. <laughs> this I mean, is the this good bit is the big extravaganza especially because of the pageant because of the uh because of the concert i mean that is going to be pretty pretty awesome um yeah so let's so, talk yeah, about the little... week so far we've got so thursday we've got troop in the color friday yes. we've got the st paul's cathedral service for thanksgiving friday we've got the epsom derby and we've got the big concert and then this is the sunday which is the final day which is the big jubilee lunch and the people's pageant so what do we know about the people's pageant now Apart well, from the fact now, I can't well, say it very well. <laughs> we can reveal that Ed, a British singing sensation, global superstar Ed Sheeran, is going to be heading up. He's going to be leading thousands and thousands of Brits, a billion people apparently on the television, streamed around the world in celebration of Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee, 70 years on the throne, as we're well-versed uh, in all the sort of historics of it because we've been talking about it for so long. However, this people's pageant, as it has been dubbed, is going to be quite 
an extravaganza. I mean, there is, I'll just reel you off some of the sort of facts and figures. Thousands of people involved, including uh, members of the military, more than 6,000 volunteers, performers, key workers, 2,500 members of the public who have been invited to be involved. It's costing £15 million, but pounds, but all paid for by sponsors. The route is going to cover um, three kilometres across London, up the Mall. There are 10,000 lucky Brits who have got tickets. Well, I say Brits, I'm presuming. I don't think it was open sort of globally. Um, but I know they did get hundreds of thousands of entries for these 5,000 pairs of tickets. So 10,000 lucky people. because it's on my oh. birthday. I really still and, think- Well, there would have been some insider trading uh, allegations going on had you succeeded, I suppose. So it's prob- probably best you didn't win. You'll have to watch it on telly with the, with the rest of the billion people around the world. But 20-foot um, puppet of, the, of youthful princess Elizabeth, make of that what you will. Um, <laughs> I mean, there is an awful lot going on. Uh, humongous chaos caused by puppet corgis up and down the mall. The pit I like, actually, is there's going to be 100 national treasures. Now, we're not talking treasures as in jewels and gems. We're talking the national treasures of our history over the last 70 years. Men and women who have done incredible amounts to contribute to uh, British culture, the arts, uh, politicians. Well, I don't think there are. No, there probably won't be any politicians because they normally get... Uh, a short shrift, to yeah. be honest, but um, there will be people from the arts world, comedians, sportsmen and women, Paralympians, Olympians. It is going to be all singing, all dancing. But these 100 national treasures are going to be gathered on, I presume, 10 buses um, representing each decade of Her Majesty's reign. And they're going to be emblazoned with the, uh, you know, like the 70s one will have groovy on the side of it. The 90s yeah. one will have girl power for the Spice Girls. And you've got, I mean, most British people know who these people are. But if you don't, um, if you're sort of a part of our worldwide listening base, uh, Gary Lineker. World, he's a sort of global superstar, foot, 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 uh, England footballer, former England captain, former uh, record goal scorer for England. Bill Bailey is a really uh, popular comedian here in the UK. Uh, who else? Basil Brush. I mean, Basil we're too young Brush. Weird. I mean, we only know him sort of in a sort of colloquial respect, but. Um, I mean, we we we're, we're far too young and hip yeah, and trendy to know about Basil Brushes. I can even see—I can't even see Dan, but I can see him shaking yeah. his head <laughs> at the thought of me mentioning those words. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Um, there is going Sir Cliff Richard. But I don't think you can have a ju- you can't have a jubilee with Cliff Richard. Did I read some reason every single one? Uh, I've got. He, he has done. Yeah. I think I'm pretty Amazing. sure I read somewhere today that he's gone all of them. So I think he must. Just, I reckon they don't even ask him. I reckon he just calls up six months before, like, guys, what do you need me to do to this one? He's he's more royal than the queen. Yeah, though, to be honest, uh, <laughs> he's definitely part part of our national treasures. Um, who else? Give me some. Give me some more names. Who have got? Um, we have got <sighs> Kadina Cotts, who is an incredible power athlete, comedian Rosie Jones, the broadcaster and gardener extraordinaire Alan Titchmarsh. I mean, people might not know who these people are, but they are famous. Famous Britons, top chefs, Heston Blumenthal, James Martin, fashion icon, Gok One. Now, 
There was a bit of hoo-ha yesterday about whether Dame Shirley Bassey and Kate Moss would be featuring in this National Treasures. Now, they are two of, obviously, of our foremost National Treasures, but it was ironed out uh, quite late last night, sort of, as we are just going to press. They're not going to be on the buses, so... Oh, no, Kate Moss, surely a 90s bus has got to have Kate however, Moss on it. However, they, I, I, I think they're going to be in for some sort of big other surprise, because you obviously can't not have a big extravaganza like this without Dame Shirley Bassey and the incredible Kate Moss. Yeah, and they were quite keen to say that they weren't revealing everything. They wanted it to be filled with surprises. There is going to be some big surprises. I mean, maybe maybe Dame Shirley or Kate Moss flying out of a cannon. Or <laughs> they need to, yeah. You, you never know. Well, they've got the opening ceremony the to compete with. You know, they, they need, unless the Queen's, what, skydiving out of a, not skydiving, what does she do? Parachute duty out of a... Out of a helicopter. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's, yeah, awful lot. Of, Olympic heroes, James Orville, Christopher Dean, people know they are. So yeah, an awful lot to uh, to look forward to. It's going to be pretty, pretty cool day. It's really cool. Now, obviously, you mentioned that Ed Sheeran is kind of leading the tributes. Do you know his mm. connection to the Jubilee? And I really hope nice. you say no. And if you do know it, please lie and say you don't so I can tell you. I because don't. it's really interesting. No, no. Great. Oh, gosh, there is one. Well, funny there you should one. say that. Yeah, so I actually learned this during lockdown where I discovered uh, Desert Island Discs, which I had never obviously knew of, but had never listened to. And I worked my way through them in lockdown once I'd completed Netflix. Um, and he picked up his first guitar after watching Eric Clapton play at the, um, oh, which Jubilee, at the Golden Jubilee. Oh my God. So I mean, I hope what... the editor isn't listening because I didn't put this in my piece. <laughs> so I didn't know about this. You're just preparing for a follow up later on. Yeah, yes. so that would have been 20 years ago. And I think Ed Sheeran now is, oh God, I think he's depressingly young. I think he's about 32 because I think he's, yeah. So he that's when he picked up his first guitar because he, then he learned to play that song. And then 10 years later, he was invited to do the Diamond. And now he's leading the Platinum. Good God. Cool well, yeah, de- depressing, depressingly, he is only 31. Yeah. He's only just turned 31. So, oh, I mean, God, that is that is me. a super fun fact. Yeah. Actually. So it's great, isn't it? So he's literally like the Jubilees and it's been like every point of his career, hasn't he? He went from being like not being able to do it. Then 10 years ago was when he was kind of just getting big. And now he's, gosh, one of the, he's got to be one of the biggest singer-songwriters of our generation anyway, Well, hasn't he? well of course, yeah. Yeah, right. so, so, yeah, there we go. So I don't know what he'll do. I wonder if he'll mention that. Um, but, yes, yeah, so that's, that's my little Ed Sheeran Jubilee fact, which doesn't come up very often, so I'm glad no, the good, opportunity good have knowledge. used it. I like that. There I like that. Something productive that, nice. that came out of my lockdown. Um, yes, it's going to be really exciting, actually. It's going to be great. And, um, yeah, they so said people can apply to be involved, can't they? Thousands of Brits are going to be called upon to raid their wardrobes and line the streets of London. Now, this sounds quite bizarre. I mean, it will be sort of a mishmash of all these different weird and wonderful costumes. But as part of this other sort of part of the pageant is going to be time of, I think it's called time of our lives. They want people to raid their fancy dress cupboards, their, their, maybe your granny stuff from the... 50s your mum's stuff from the 70s that you might have left over and they were going to be splitting them into all different sort of uh sections so you might have the the culture clash era the groovy chick era from the 70s the spice girls era i think there was some sort of um the you know the mods and rockers of the 60s yeah. as well so so there's lots of cool things to go for um it's only open for less than another week this it's been going on for a while but with all the other stuff getting 
sort of publicised about the puppets and Ned Sheeran and stuff. I think it sort of lost its way a little bit. So there is still time to apply if you want to be part of this procession. And there's going to be a couple of thousand people as part of this time of our lives um, piece of the three acts within the whole pageant. So if you fancy getting yourself involved in it on Sunday, June the 5th, Go to, uh, do you know what? I'll probably, should I tweet the link out? And yeah, then you that's can, a uh, good you idea. Go to it. Because it is, it is quite hard to find, actually. It was quite disappointing that there are, it, people were wor- worried that they couldn't find it. So I will tweet the link out once again so you can get involved. And what decade would you be? I think I'd go for 60s. Well, I don't know, you know, I, I liked the 90s. I mean, you know. Yeah, but we got to do the 90s. We got to do that. But that's why you want to do a bit more of a, you yeah, know. Actually, yeah, that is true. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe I'll be like a, a Paul Weller mod. I was going to, yeah. I went to see Paul Weller uh, a couple of weeks ago and he was absolutely incredible. So, yeah, maybe maybe I'll, I'll fancy, you know, dressing up as the mod father. I was going to say, yeah. I've, scooter. I've seen him as well, but I saw him about six, seven years ago. Um so, yeah, it was well, he's not fun. lost it. He's I was going to say. It. it was fantastic. And obviously, this has been sold as the People's Pageant. And actually, I think it, it really does feel like this. This feels more of a general celebration of the last 70 years. And while obviously it is 70 years of the Queen's reign, this is more of, it feels more of a celebration of the UK and British culture, which I think is really nice. And I think will be a huge hit with people. Because even if you're not a massive royal fan, to look at all this stuff going on, I think it's a really. Good, I think this is a really clever way of getting everyone involved, even the people yeah. that maybe aren't going to sit there and watch the Queen waving on the balcony. To do this side of it, I think it's a great way of making it a real celebration for everyone. Yeah, definitely. I think because you know when you look at sort of service of Thanksgiving that's at St Paul's during the week, there's going to be you know huge attention on Her Majesty's contribution not only to uh, the country but also to the Commonwealth. And that's going to be uh, very sort of all-encompassing, whereas this is very, very centred upon her contribution to Britain and British culture throughout that time. So uh, I'm just really loud. So the pageant splits into four acts. So for Queen and Country, the time of our lives, let's celebrate and happy and glorious. And that is the happy and glorious where Ed Sheeran is going to be performing and then leading the you know, thousands in attendance um, in a rendition of the national anthem. So uh, you could just picture it now. It's going to be real pomp pageantry, lots of flag waving, last night at the prom sort of stuff. Um, however, yeah, I, d- I definitely think this is a big celebration. It's a time that the organisers were saying yesterday, listen, we, we really want this to be the opportunity for people to have street parties, engage with their neighbours, their friends. If they can't be there on the day, then they can watch it on the television. There's plenty of ways to get involved. Um, I mean, my lot, my my street, I'm, I'm not going to be here because I'll be working, but my street are doing a big street party oh, for it. Nice. I think there's loads, there's loads of stuff going on. Um, there's also all the backdrop of there's going to be a potential balcony moment. Would that allow the family to gather? There was an awful lot of talk yesterday about whether Harry and Meghan would be part of that moment rather than a trooping moment, which is, you know, possibly quite possible. Oh, possibly quite in, possible. Straight into the next point with ease there. That was good. That was great. Merging well, points. Great. I mean... So on uh, this subject, it, how... Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting because, well, I mean, you, you we, we go straight into it because... This was being talked about yesterday. Will they allow this sort of balcony moment to try and get away from other um, 
kind of awkward moments that could exist within the whole Jubilee celebrations, whether they will go to the St. Um, Paul's Memorial. I don't think they will. Thanksgiving, rather. Um, I don't think they will. I don't think necessarily think they'll be at Trooping. This would provide the moment to get all the family together while there's you know, real big flag waving. Everyone's happy about it and it could be a real chance for reconciliation. However, as you were just rightly about to say, when we were hearing uh, Prince Harry speak last week in the um, NBC interview, he said he didn't know whether he was going to come over for the Jubilee and he was citing issues such as security and everything else. Well, my understanding is that his aides are already making plans for him to come over. Whether that will be with Meghan and the children remains to be seen. But, I mean, Harry said himself, didn't he, that he wanted to create an opportunity to get the issues sorted out where his um, his children could meet the Queen. Obviously, Archie's met her before, but Lilibet hasn't. Um, now the ice has been broken somewhat, I would suggest, because Meghan was over at Windsor having a very, very quick meeting with Queen. Saw Charles, although I understand that they haven't spoken since. Read into that what you will. I don't think they're picking up the phone and texting each other every day uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But would we have expected them to maybe touch base since then? Maybe because Harry's had quite a lot going on with the Invictus Games. But I definitely know that um, there was some, you know, more than raised eyebrows. I think people's heads are in their hands when they see Harry pop up on television. Certainly the, the, the people who work closely with the royal family are absolutely exasperated with the situation. And, um, and who could blame the family themselves for feeling like that? Because it's just uh, one thing after another. I'm surprised how far he went in that NBC interview. I know we touched upon it last week, but gosh, I mean, really? It just sort of moved all the focus away from the Invictus Games, didn't it? And now we are talking about it. Now everybody is really waiting to see how, um, well, what will happen with the with the Jubilee, whether this security issue gets sorted out. Another part of... Um, story that I wrote during last week was about Harry's belief that he thinks he will get a resolution to this Met Police uh, high court battle that's going on at the moment. And, you know, he'd always been told that he would be allowed or afforded that security if he was attending high profile public events as part of um, with his family. So there isn't much change uh, of from the Met Police's and the Home Office point of view, um, but I suppose it's most of these things are his interpretation, aren't they? If if he if he doesn't feel safe, if he doesn't feel like he's getting the right deal or the right amount of protection or respect or whatever it is in his mind, um, then he will you know not engage, and that's why he didn't come over for Prince Philip's memorial. But this would be a huge huge shame. If, uh, if they didn't come over, because it's certainly the Queen's wish um, that all her family is there together to, to, to celebrate this occasion. And I think, I think I've said it before, I really hope they do manage to come back. Obviously, as you said, I hadn't thought about that, actually, but maybe that is the way to do it. If, if they just come for the, the party balcony moment on the Sunday, rather than doing the more formal royal bit, maybe that's a way to, to make it work. But so much to look forward to, and that's going to come around so quickly. It's in, what, five weeks? So that is going to appear yes. very quickly uh, yep. i can hear you in my ear yeah. <laughs> trying to plan 
our jubilee coverage i can hear i can hear you, you ringing my earbooks which you must do because it will come around very very quickly it will really well and that was my you know subtle moan at you for not going back well, in, indeed. in front indeed. of all our listeners so <laughs> now obviously maybe a bit of R&R before all the Jubilee stuff kicks off and her week gets really busy. The Queen, obviously, we mentioned last week that she's had a lovely little mini break in Sandringham, hasn't she? Yes, and she's looking rather well, I thought. She looked lovely. All the pictures of her driving, she looked great. Yeah, well... No, she wasn't. She I wasn't say her driving, driving sorry, being driven. Being, being driven, driven, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, somebody said that because of a... I saw on one of the comments, um, she was driving the Range Rover because she wasn't... Well, she, she wasn't driving. She was in the passenger seat. But one of the American commentators said, my gosh, she's so small. She can barely reach the pedals. And she, <laughs> you know, cause she probably would have been sitting back, sort of relaxing in the seat oh, of, of course, the Range Rover. Oh, of course. It's the other, yeah, 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 the other side, yeah. <laughs> I found very amusing because you, you, you literally see the top of her head in this yeah. photo. So anyway, we digress. She looked, um, she looked rather well. And yeah, there were some pictures of her being driven from Wood Farm in Sandringham. Um, to get the chopper to come back to Windsor, which which she is back now, and uh, certainly she was um, refreshed and revitalised, is how someone put it to me yesterday, which I think was was very sweet. She's gone over there. She was a very low key birthday. Welcomed some family and friends over the weekend. Wanted to go to the the um, the Royal Stud, which on the back of our Epsom talks last week about all the preparations being put in place to get the queen to Epsom because that is definitely one of the uh, the events she will want to make. Um, I think it's quite telling that she will not only want to be there, but she found quite a lot of solace in, um, in being with the horses this week, meeting the trainers, meeting all the staff and the jockeys who take them out on a regular basis and just having a bit of downtime because I think it's been rather fraught over the last sort of, six months or so for the queen. And um, of course, an awful lot still bubbling on with her own family. Um, Prince Andrew's stuff since the beginning of the year has been absolutely extraordinary. The Harry and Meghan saga rolling on. The Cambridge's tour, which yeah, had mixed reviews that I'm uh, I'm still, still arguing <laughs> with people about, but it did. And now you've got the Wessexes on, um, on Royal Tour, which we'll touch upon in a minute. But um, there, it, it's never a dull moment, is it? And I think that it was quite important for her to take that time out and to just um, have a have a bit of an R and R, as you say. And we know that she's a lot more comfortable when she's, you know, out and about in the countryside, you know, doing the walks, doing everything like that. And a bit of fresh air, I think, looks like it's really done her well. And the bright lipstick's back, which I always always think with a sign with the Quines when she has the kind of, you know, she wears the headscarf and the bright lipstick and she just looked, she looked brilliant, I thought. And yeah, hopefully that's given her a, a nice little, as you said, a, a nice little break. Well, yes, because um, will she go up to Scotland before the Jubilee? Um, that's quite possible. Um, she's obviously can can get out and about at the moment. She's been being driven at places. She was able to walk around the Royal Studs, I understand. So that's, um, I think it's really, really positive news because obviously we've, we've well publicised these uh, mobility issues that she's been suffering from in recent weeks and months. However, um, hopefully turned a corner and summoning up her strength to to make sure she can make those key dates because it is it will be really important to see her at those key dates because we know we don't see her very much at the moment. I don't think we will ex- should expect to see her out and about. Certainly um, on, on any regularity, but those key dates. I mean, it, it's quite 
quite a big schedule um, for the for the four days. Um, whether she can get to all of them is it's 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 there to be seen. But I'm sure she'll be trying her best to get to as many as possible. And um, more lovely week news this week. We had Prince Louis's fourth birthday, didn't we? And four gorgeous new photos to mark that taken, as always, by the Duchess of Cambridge. And what did you think of them? Well, I know you love a royal photo. Love a set. royal birthday photo set, and they like they were so on brand with what Kate normally does, aren't they? They're out playing, no shoes on the beach. Yeah, nice bit of sports in there. He looks very grown up. I mean, he's can't believe he's four. It's just extraordinary. I think we say this with every child. I can't believe they're such and such an age. But um, lovely, lovely photographs. I was speaking to our friend of the podcast, Ian Vogler, about what he thought about them, and you know, he's he's very complimentary of uh, of Kate's photography skills. And again, taken in Anma, very very relaxed setting, um, a sign of the times. Uh, of course, who? I mean, who do you think he looks like? Lots of people with mixed reviews, to be honest. I think he's very Middleton, isn't he? Yeah, I think. No, I did. I did see William in the in a couple. You know, I I I I saw William. Not this. Not I think it's moving away from the Michael Middletons, and I saw a little bit of William. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, from my understanding, which please correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't know exactly where they're taken. But everyone thinks it might be. Is it um, Hawken Hawken Beach? Yes, Holcomb. Holcomb Beach. And the really, I didn't realise the story behind this beach, actually, until I was researching it for the photos. But the royals love it here, aren't they? And it's the same beach where, you know, the Cambridges did that 10-year anniversary video of yes. them all kind of outside. It looked like a Land Rover advert or something. Yeah, or something for a barber was, was what I... Slick, yeah, it, it was yeah. very, very, very modern, very them. And obviously... Uh, the Queen and Prince Philip used to take Charles and Edward and Andrew there when they were all kids. And it just seems like it's a really special place for them and somewhere they actually go. I think it was on one of the BBC documentaries that um, Charles said it was almost, it was always so much fun playing hide and seek around there. And they were, you know, loads of great memories from their childhood. And for me, it was just really nice that they captured, obviously, the Cambridge kids having those same memories that their grandparents and great grandparents did. Like, you know, passing down the generations, I thought was really cute. Yeah, I, well, I can vouch for Holcomb. It is beautiful, and and, the, and certainly parts of Norfolk and North Norfolk Broads are absolutely stunning. So they are onto a winner being there, and um, and certainly there's an awful lot of royal history. Be interesting to see what's happened because if yeah, sort of off topic, but there's been more rumours, um, reports that the Cambridges are, are house hunting in Berkshire, whether they would move to a. Uh, Windsor Castle at some stage some reports that they're eyeing up private properties I, ca- I can't see that happening to be honest because I just don't think that is a bit of them I think they'd rather take I just don't know how that looks either because you know in a world where people are sort of still struggling if they go and you know spank 10-15 million quid on a private residence I just don't know if that looks like a great move um but then what's cheaper it, to do is it cheaper to do that you know if they get somewhere that's already done or is it cheaper to do like the sussexes did with frogmore cottage and have to change it from offices and do loads of renovation and yeah you know I mean, it's that, that obviously, you can kind of justify because maybe it, they'll rent yeah maybe it would well maybe it would be i don't i think you could probably justify the cost if it was living in a, a royal residence i mean the, the, the issue that was always with Harry and Meghan is that they had moved into Frogmore and spent a load of money on it, doing it up. And the, 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 
I suppose the, the, the costs weren't necessarily transparent and were they classed as working royals? I mean, oh God, there was an awful lot of hoo-ha at the time, wasn't there? But listen, I, I, I just... I just can't see the, the future king moving into a, a private residence. Maybe, maybe it's forward thinking. Maybe yeah, it is I... to, to say, well, we don't need to be in a big castle or um, any of these other places on the, uh, on the Windsor estate um, that, have, that look very medieval and royal. Um, maybe they just do want to live in a, in quotes, normal house. It certainly wouldn't be anything normal, would it be a huge mansion? But... Maybe that maybe that is on the cards. Maybe I mean there's there's certainly there's there's no smoke without fire, isn't there? So there's been an awful lot of talk that they are viewing private property. So perhaps that would work for them. Would that would would that be a forward thinking move? I don't know. I'd be interesting to hear what people think about it. To be honest. Yeah, and I guess I don't know. Could they could they maybe take some inspiration from Meghan and Harry? And could they rent for a bit first? Because I guess if they only want to move near the Windsor to be kind of closer to the Queen and for school, then they must be mm. very aware that they might have to move back to Clarence House or Kensington Palace when you know, you know, when Charles becomes king, and they do have to be a lot more forward in things and maybe if they know it's only five years do you spend loads of money doing well, they won't refurb, i mean or? no i've i've they'll they'll they won't move to clarence house i mean I, I, they will always stay at kensington palace i'm still kind of surprised about this move but it kind of makes sense if they want the kids not to be boarders and they they just want them to go to day school so Listen, if there's one thing we know, it's that they are super, super family orientated and they are absolutely driven in trying to give their children as much a normal upbringing as possible within the confines of being you know, future kings and prince and princesses. So um, maybe this hybrid arrangement will work for them. Um, it's, it, there, there would awful, be an awful lot to, to look look at wouldn't they i mean prince charles and and let's cornwall both have their own private residences um in the lake district so or the Cotswolds yeah, rather. so so that is that is something that that could work um surely the would the security detail be any more that it would be i mean if you've got you probably have guards around the perimeter of anywhere that you were living like that wouldn't you so um anyway yeah i suppose just it's exciting. It'd be an exciting yeah. few months for them anyway. And we got massively off tangent and went off on a tangent. Yeah, and then, sorry, but happy sorry. birthday, Prince Louis. <laughs> and uh, yeah, again, absolutely love those photos. Now, you briefly mentioned it earlier, but we'd love to hear some more about it. So obviously, Prince Edward and Sophie, uh, the Countess of Wessex, are on tour at the moment. Not quite as much publicity as the Cambridges, obviously, when they did the Caribbean tour as well. But how's, has, it, has it been a bit smoother for them or have there still been a few... Um, should we say hiccups? Bumps in is that the a polite road. way to say it? Well, I think bumps in the road is probably if certainly been a few hiccups because you know there was this the planning of this tour was really right up to the wire. And we knew this because uh we were asking for details of it. They the, the palaces weren't being forthcoming, they were saying it's still being planned. I mean, I for the life of me can't ever remember a situation where up to the day before a royal tour was starting, uh, we, there was no details about what was happening. I mean, normally, like, like for instance... Well, normally you'd be on um, a plane. 
then surely yeah, of course. yeah. yeah no exactly you'd be this there how ludicrous it is so so there understandably there was um a lot of going back to the drawing board giving the issues with the cambridges tour and the way that that was perceived and the negative headlines that were um as a result of instances that happened on that tour and they didn't want to repeat of those however just just 24 hours before they scrapped the visit to Grenada at the last minute because um well it, sort of, it was kind of mixed reporting as to whether that was because they were worried about um protests on the day I think our colleague Richard Palmer at the Express wrote a decent story saying that that his understanding was that it was just um because the Grenadians were saying that you're only going to be in the country for eight hours which seemed again kind of ludicrous it was kind of they're island hopping on this tour um rather than spending a day or two in each base they were only going to spend a matter of hours and so of course the the government of Grenada said Grenada rather said well, that is absolutely ludicrous. We can't be spending all this money just to sort of roll out the red carpet, make sure that, you know, the fences are painted on government house and whatever. You're going to show up for a few hours. And um, so, yeah, they have postponed. But I can't imagine Sophie and Edward are going to be doing a special trip there. So, yeah, it's been it was binned off. So, um, I mean, obviously, there were issues in Belize, Jamaica, the Bahamas, well publicised. The Cambridges are, are obviously will have to look at the way that their trip was managed. And um, and Sophie and Edward are the same. However, they have come in for some criticism over the way that they have prepared for the tour. I think there was an issue about the giving of a uh, a, a photograph of the pair of them. Because um, this is traditional, the... isn't it? But I think lots of people who maybe don't follow the royals as closely, and it just doesn't seem to be done much anymore. But it did raise quite a lot of eyebrows of you know the the gift you're giving to someone is a framed photo of yourself. Well, it, it did because uh, yeah, this is tradition. Certainly, I think that there was uh, references I'd seen during the week that Meghan and Harry had done the same. However, read the room, guys. I think because you know the uh, the Prime Minister of Antigua and Barbuda, Gaston Brown, has has had already said to them um, that the, the the country intends to become a republic in the future, although there were no immediate plans to do so. It was talk of um, the Wessexes using their diplomatic influence to achieve reparatory justice for the island country. I mean, this is issues that are very contentious and that they should have been really um, alive to. And it's not like you could you could potentially argue, I, I haven't because I thought the Cambridges should have been far more prepared on that tour, but it could be argued that they were certainly ambushed by the Jamaican Prime Minister who didn't allow them to sit down before he started saying, you know, we're off um, or, or, or rather you're off yeah. or we're, we're, <laughs> we're going on our own way. I mean, that's... The way that was handled was quite contentious. However, the, the Wessexes had to have come into this with their eyes wide open. And the fact that, um, I'm paraphrasing, but Prince Edward then made some comments um, while sitting around the, the, the government table saying, well, I wasn't taking notes, so I can't really quote back to you what uh, what what you said. However, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, my word. I mean, oh, it's, it's not the fullest of schedules, this. I mean, you look at the Cambridges, and that was pretty full on. I mean, I, I'll tell you about the Canada tour, which is um, only over three days at the uh, it's sort of the middle of uh, May. And that's absolutely relentless, the amount of travelling. So, and engagements that the Charles and Camilla are taking on. But it, it does seem, it does seem odd that they are just not 
you know, alive to the fact of what is happening in the world at the moment. And if and if that is the attitude that they're taking, then I think they're uh, the, the royal family are in a bit of trouble, to be honest, because is the next time that the royal family go to these places, is it going to be the last? Um, and while Charles and William may say that it's for, and of course it is for the island nations to, and the realms to choose their own um their own path, their own future, their own destiny. Um, I'm sure that the, the the Queen, who has always really valued the Commonwealth and being head of state of these realms, um, for it to all sort of be falling apart without much forethought and just the way it's happening seems a bit haphazard, in my opinion. Now, one of the actual kind of, one of the negative points about us being organised with our recording this time round, is that there's quite an interesting or a very interesting update on Prince Andrew coming this evening. But mm. we, if we were late to doing it, we'd be able to tell you all about it. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to record a drop-in once we've got the information. But can you set the scene for us about what is happening with Prince Andrew? And it is the city of York, isn't it? It is indeed. And a vote that is uh, going to take place this evening on Wednesday evening to strip Prince Andrew of the freedom of the city of York. Now, this had been postponed um, after a number of councillors tested positive for COVID. I think this was uh, in March. And uh, the the motion that has been put through to the City Council is to remove the Royal's honorary title, which was given to him in 1987. So York City Council uh, had previously held a meeting that's been postponed to this evening. And that vote will be on the proposal to sort of scrap him, to reduce his his freedom of the city. Now, of course, this is sort of an honorary role. Um, It's normally bestowed, bestowed upon people who have done tremendous um work or accolades for a certain place i think kenneth branner and dame judy dench were just given the freedom of stratford upon avon recently i saw yes and so that's the sort of issues where you would be um discussing the freedom of the city maybe sports stars would be given the, the freedom of the city i think amir khan has been given the freedom of bolton oh yeah that's the that's the kind of one of the more recent ones i think i remember hmm it's a really so a huge honour, yeah. huge honour, really, you know, it's, it normally comes with a big ceremony and what have you. However, um, very interesting that considering Prince Andrew's uh, settlement, multi-million dollar settlement with his uh, sex abuse accuser, Virginia Dufre, is now closed, um, that they are taking this action because despite Prince Andrew saying that he'd never met Virginia Dufresne or has no recollection certainly of meeting her, then um, there, there is a, an awful lot of ill feeling towards the way that that has been settled and brushed under the carpet. So um, will this happen? Will it not? Well, let's throw to future Zoe to find out. <laughs> well, just quickly before we before we do that, so he will still be allowed to call be called the Duke of York, won't he? Will he, he will. Still, he's, yeah, he'll he's still, still be no, the Duke of York. It's just the freedom of the city. Yes, no, still be Duke York, still be the still be Prince Andrew, Queen's son. Um, all of those are, are instances that cannot be stripped from him. Um, I suppose unless the Queen did. But the the issue the issue really is about his public standing and his his um his reputation is is absolutely destroyed and in the gutter. And this would be one of the final indignities, one would assume. Cool. And then yeah, so over to, to future me to say how that went. 
Last night, members of York City Council voted unanimously to strip Prince Andrew of his Freedom of York title. Now, many councillors said this was a starting point for the changes they believed to be made, and one went as far as saying that it was a stain of an association. There were lots of lots of councillors and lots of politicians spoke out very, very passionately during the hearing um, and were definitely not afraid to kind of give their their opinions on it. Uh, The Lib Dem, Daryl Smalley, said that it was the highest honour that they could give to the city and said, uh, having been stripped of his military roles and royal patronages by the Queen, we believe that it is right to remove all links that Andrew still has to our great city. The removal of this honorary title sends the right message that we as a city stand with victims of abuse. Now, there's also a lot of interesting stuff coming up. This afternoon, there's two great engagements. There is, we mentioned it last week, Princess Anne and Kate joining up for their first royal engagement together, which is very exciting. And we've also got Camilla at the National Theatre. And this is the first engagement she's done since she took over from Meghan as a patron of the organisation. So lots of fun stuff to come this afternoon. Where there are, and we thought I thought we'd be able to talk about Anne and Kate, uh, but it's so late in the day on Wednesday, unfortunately, we'll have to check in with it next week because I'm sure it'd be quite exciting to see the two of them together. Obviously, the Duchess of Cambridge is um, patron of the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, and the Princess Royal is patron of the Royal College of Midwives, and they're coming together. I mean. I've been talking about collaboration for so long, haven't I? So <laughs> yeah. when it finally happens, it's actually a, a joy to see this on the on the engagement sheet. But um, on a more serious note, it is really important because they are going to be meeting representatives from the Tommy's National Centre for Maternity Improvement. And that is um, really an incredible concept that was born out of Tommy's which is all about sort of um, miscarriage and infertility and stillborns and neonatal death and helping lots of women and couples overcome those um, those really awful periods within life that sometimes occur and I suppose that by having the Royal Association it really helps to put a focus on the work that is being done of course and they're going to be speaking um, to lots of uh, nurses and doctors and volunteers and people who work for Tommy's talking about the, the to women who have a higher risk of pregnancy so um, I think there'll be an awful lot made about this and I'm looking forward to talking about it next week. And yet another tour lined up, uh, which is Prince Charles and Camilla going to Canada. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, whistle stop tour. It's only taking three days. Nine thousand miles they're going to cover in that time. Ooh, the, the schedule is absolutely jam packed. Um, quite interestingly, that they're going to be speaking to Indigenous communities. There's like three real main veins: uh, Indigenous communities, um, obviously the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Uh, talking to affected communities from a a national school scandal which affected Indigenous communities, um, that they're going to be raising a couple of points on the trip, actually. And, of course, Prince Charles speaking to... um, to, to, to not only those communities, but also school children about climate change as well. So, packed schedule, I'm absolutely staggered at the fact that it's only going to be three days. I thought that, to be honest, um, the fact that a royal hasn't gone to Canada since 2017, I think, so we're looking at four years. And um, who was that? Was that the team? No, that was no, no. That was that was Charles and Camilla. So oh, the yeah. fact, the fact, the fact is. Um, 
Yeah, I did think it would be the you know haven't had a big spring tour like this for a couple of years, um, but they're covering a lot of ground. So you can't you can't you can't blame them for shirking the work. It's just that it's going to be quite short and sweet. Well, this was the tour I think that everyone always wanted Meghan and Harry to do, wasn't it? Because Meghan's got that, you know, yeah. has the have yeah, those ties so. to Canada. It's a shame. It's a yeah. massive shame when you we can't think about. Um, well, we'll never have those big tours now because I just remember the the one in Australia was phenomenal. They both were the um, Sussex one and the Cambridge uh, one were both fantastic. Yeah, and then the, the the Sussexes one to Southern Africa was just amazing, and it's they will really really miss them not being able to do that part of the work. Um, so it's a uh, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a shame really, but we are where we are. And it will be a great tour, as you said, an awful lot to get in there, but Michelle will have a lovely time and we can't wait to... Do you reckon you'll be going off on that one? Yes, I am <sighs> hopefully booked on the plane. I'm sure there'll be no sympathy for me having jet no. lag and no sleep and stuff because there were the, there was a, <laughs> also, I've got very amazing things to say and I haven't been to Canada ever. So no, I've, it's top of my place go. to go yeah. to. I'm very, very yeah. jealous. And just the other thing to mention this week, it, it is uh, Kate and William's 11th wedding anniversary. Obviously, it was a big celebration last year, but we're on 11. And the gift apparently for 11 years is steel. So well, any ideas? Well, what on earth do you buy for that? I don't know, a boat? Like a, some cutlery? <laughs> It's not, yeah, it's not I, great, I, is it? I've actually just, yeah. I've just gone on Google now to look up, uh, yeah, spoons... Spoon, reusable yeah. reusable straws it's not not the most romantic of well it's quite ones, it's quite it? apt in uh, an environmentally conscious couple oh that all night there we go that's a uh, very on brand well done <laughs> charles will be happy right well thank you so much for joining me russell and thank you to everyone for listening in as always we're on instagram and twitter at pod save and until next time pod save the queen